0: Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings.
1: Today, I've got a special guest, uh, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois. He is a renowned chef. He's actually a celebrity chef. Jean-Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm going to give you one mallard, a whole mallard, plucked. Where are you going with it?
2: Lately, I've been doing a lot of duck a la range. All right. All right. And so in South Louisiana, at the, same, the best time for duck hunting is the best time for citrus season. Right? So okay. uh, there's, a little, there's a little adage I like to go by. If it grows together, it goes together. Yeah, that's right? so cool. So citrus and duck. I mean, the French have been knowing this for 300 years. Yeah. That duck a l'orange, that's a classic French dish. They've been knowing that orange and duck go great together, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so I've been doing a camp style duck a l'orange that I really like, which is made from local citrus, mostly navel oranges and satsumas of like just right off the trees in South Louisiana and whatever duck we're lucky enough to kill that day. Yeah, um, it and, doesn't have to and, be mallard, and, and, whatever yeah, it, it is, have, so yeah, that's but, cool. But i yeah. I take a couple of mallards in a, <laughs> in, a, in a in a nice Dutch oven enamel pot or something like that and make some duck orange. But I love that kind of camp-style, rustic, lacquered, savory and sweet and sour mm-hmm. kind of component with duck. Um, and again, like it, the, the two growing together and being cooked together in that one pot. I mean, I don't know. You just kind of can't beat it.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. Now, and and we've kind of talked off air about this a little bit too, but how are you preparing ducks if you have an audience of people like, hey, um, half the people that are showing up in your backyard don't want to try duck because they, they think it's mm-hmm. too gamey or they're just, they're just kind of hesitant to even try it. Is there something that you do, anything special that you'd say, hey, here's what I'm going to do and you try it and you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that? What's the secret there? Well, I think it's,
2: um, you know, that you know, the whole cliche, know your audience, right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, in New York, you know, I, I think one of the best dishes I, I cooked, um, in New York recently with wild duck is a, is a salt and uh, which is basically, I just, I took country ham from North Carolina and I pounded the duck really, really thin. Um, and I took the country ham, I layered it over the top of the duck, and I took a toothpick and just kind of wove it through so the country ham stuck on the duck. Yeah. And then a hot cast iron skillet with butter, thyme, garlic, and shallots. I just browned that country ham and let the butter just kind of foam over the duck. Now, salt and boca is probably on every Italian menu in New York, on mm-hmm. every corner Italian spot from high-end places to just low you know, low-end Italian joints, red sauce joints salt and boca exists. And so when I'm cooking for New Yorkers, especially that I know that go out to eat and like Italian food, like salt and boca is always a good option because they, they're they easily able to connect that dot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, usually you eat it with veal, sometimes mm-hmm. chicken, something like that. It's
1: not outside their comfort zone. Not they outside. see it. And yeah. Just like, well, oh, yeah. I
2: mean, if I said duck fricassee, which is when I grew up eating duck, it was duck and wild mushroom fricassee because we would harvest oyster mushrooms from the side side of fallen cypress trees mm-hmm. on the way back from the duck blind to the launch. Yeah. So we would harvest those and we'd cook a duck and mushroom, wild duck and mushroom fricassee is one of my dad's most famous dishes. Um, but I knew I just couldn't say what, you know, nobody knows what a fricassee is in yeah. New York. So, but they know what Salt and Boca is. And I was, and now I'm able, I'm able to introduce people to duck and also talk about country ham, mm-hmm. which is something that doesn't exist in New York. Oh, you know? really? No, I mean prosciutto does, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, another Italian ingredient, great Italian, which is commonly used for salt. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I really, I really love that little dish.
1: That's a good one. And with that, as you're, you're kind of, you're cooking the ham on the ham side, that duck still stays like at a medium rare, nice, nice yeah. rosy medium at most. Yeah. Right, because yeah, the country ham it
2: it 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 acts as a slight little barrier. Uh, but just keeping it on that side, it gets the country ham crisp and just enough butter to where you can foam it over and just kind of baste that duck, mm-hmm. right? And it turns, well, the country ham gets nice and crisp and it just gets that little kind of sheen on top uh, uh, from that foamy butter and then that internal meat just stays nice and rosy.
0: Be the first to know when ducks are on the move. Sign up for DU's waterfowl migration email alerts and receive ongoing in-depth updates on the latest habitat conditions, weather changes, and hunting reports for your flyway. Visit ducks.org migration alerts. One of the biggest
2: mistakes in cooking wild game, and you hear this a lot with things like octopus, things like wild game especially, like you even cook it for a very short time yeah. or you cook it so long that it starts to fall apart. Yep. Anything in the middle, it's tough and gamey and doesn't eat right. That's when right? you can turn people off yeah, to that's it. That's when you and turn you people just, off. So. Yeah, I
1: mean, we've had that conversation several times. You know, the, lots of people around the building here cook. And, you know, some of us, even myself, make mistakes, you know, come come back like, oh, I'm cooking these ducks this weekend. And it's like, oh, man, I overcooked them. Like, you know, it was, a, it was just a complete, yeah. you know— I can Lots remember. Of- I can remember
2: getting tuna steaks when I was a little boy. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, we just hunt we we hunted so much ducks. And so my point is my dad traded other species for duck. Because we always had so much. He wasn't a big venison eater. venison. Oh eater. yeah. So if you needed ducks. Yep. Yeah, you needed you ducks. Tra- you know where to come. Yeah. You come to my house because my dad needed venison, a wild boar, rabbits, or squirrels. Well, I had a friend, well, his friend went tuna fishing. Now I never seen tuna in my life. I was, I don't know, 10 years old. These big red steaks of fish, I mean... Look, in Louisiana, you're frying redfish, you're frying speckled trout, you're putting it on the broiler, making almadine, so yep. on and so forth. But you certainly weren't searing tuna steaks <laughs> yeah. rare yeah. and then eating sl- rare food. And so I remember first time my dad cooked, he cooked until they were gray. <laughs> I mean, <the> suckers <laughs> were gray all the way through. And i never eat tuna again for another decade until I was like, wait. So you learned that that's, not how, you're to like, cook that's it. not how you're supposed to cook it. My dad knew how to cook a duck, but he couldn't
1: cook no tuna steak. <laughs> that's hilarious. Hey, talk to me about hashtag eat like a Southerner, because honestly, I'm a Yankee, but I feel like I eat like a Southerner most of the time. But kind of talk about that. I think that's pretty cool. So eat like a Southerner, you can take very
2: literally, right? And to a lot of people, that may mean fried chicken. It may mean um, wild game to some. It may mean collard greens or gumbo where I'm from. Mm -hmm. But really what it means to me is what I remember growing up. And that was a backdoor to to the to the to our house growing up, which led to the kitchen, was always open, and there was always something cooking, mm-hmm. right? Breakfast, and lunch, and dinner. There was always something on the stove, and that back door being open was a sim- symbolic that everybody is welcome in this house and at this table and to share what is cooking in on this stove. Yep. And for me, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter if you're from Japan or you're from India, you're from South Louisiana. Everybody can eat like a southerner. If you are welcoming everybody to your table to enjoy that food and share that community. Cool. And for me, that is what eat like a Southerner
1: means. Yeah. That's awesome. Chef Jean Paul. Thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, if people want to find you, find some of the recipes that you're doing, where can they look you up? Well, you can definitely hit me on Instagram at chef Jean underscore Paul
2: comment, like whatever D slide into my DMS. I answer all my direct messages and I'm happy to answer any, any question on recipes, Or technique or anything like that. I love sharing recipes. I'm not one of these guys that, you know, really covet recipes. I believe recipes are worth sharing, getting out there and having people cook them. So hit me up there.
1: Cool, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I hope y'all enjoyed the show today. Thanks to our guest, Jean-Paul Bourgeois, for joining us in the studio. And thanks to Clay Baird for producing the DU podcast. He does a great job with it. I'm Chris Jennings. Thanks to all of you for supporting Wetlands Conservation.